The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 1, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a good soldier, to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sakes, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. I remind you again this evening before we look at these verses, primarily verse 8, 9, and 10 this evening, I remind you that this was a letter written by the Apostle Paul, believed to be his last correspondence with the young preacher before his death and his glorification before the Lord. Paul was a real man. Timothy was a real man. The situation in which this epistle was brought about was real. The gospel was real. Opposition to that gospel was real. Suffering, imprisonment, physical ailment on the part of the young preacher. No doubt some lack of courage. No doubt some thinking and fear on the part of Timothy. All of this is real. This is not a fairy tale. It's not a story. It's not a religious myth or an imagination. Just as sure as you and I are here tonight, Paul was in prison, a literal prison. and Timothy is about to be handed the baton, if you will, to carry on the preaching and the message of the gospel as the Apostle Paul is about to be taken to heaven. The Apostle Paul was not just mincing words. He was not just putting words together when he said to Timothy in verse 7, I want you to consider what I say. And then when he said in verse 8, I want you to remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead. And then he wanted Timothy to learn that whenever we have the gospel and whenever we share the gospel, that gospel is inseparably linked to suffering and to trouble, to having to endure all things with the purpose of those who need to hear God's salvation will hear it. So Paul is not just putting things together. He's not just mincing words when he says the things that we've read tonight in the text. Paul is sharing these words with Timothy from his heart. They are inspired of God. They are given by God to Paul to write to Timothy to be preserved for you and I tonight to read in the day in which we live. Paul knew how important it was. He knew the significance 
of Timothy hearing these words, believing these words, receiving these words, and applying these words to his life. Especially this element and this truth about suffering that he would face because he was a Christian and because he was a preacher of the gospel. On our last Sunday evening together, we looked at verse number 7, where Paul told Timothy to, Timothy to consider what I say. And again, I remind you the word consider meant that and has the basic meaning of directing one's mind to something. It means more than just taking a casual glance at something or just mulling it over occasionally. He wanted Timothy to consider well, to reflect upon what he had said not just in the previous metaphors of the soldier and the athlete and the farmer in verses 3 through 6, but all of the epistle, everything that he had said, but also he wanted him to consider very closely and come to grips, to grips with the very things that he was telling Timothy that were happening and going to happen. He commands him to consider, and he says in verse 7, Consider what I say. And I mentioned on that Sunday evening that what Paul says, he wants Timothy to consider. And then the question is, why should Paul consider what, or why should Timothy consider what Paul says? Because Paul's teaching and Paul's gospel was not his own, it was God's, it belonged to him. Why should we consider what the preacher, what the teacher tells us about the Word of God? Because hopefully the preacher or teacher is telling us the very Word of God. So Paul wanted Timothy to consider that. And he was aware that what he was telling Timothy was the inspired Word of God. I'm aware tonight that what I am preaching to you is the inspired Word of God. God preserved it. God gave it to us that we might receive it and grow thereby. If we're lost, we might hear the Word and be convicted and be converted. Furthermore, if Timothy would consider what Paul told him, the promise in verse 7 is that the Lord will give the understanding in all things. It doesn't mean that Timothy would understand every detail about everything in life, but it meant that if he would, if he would consider and think about what was said in the Word of God, that God would give him the understanding that he needed to live for the Lord, to be a faithful servant of God, and to persevere through the suffering and whatever may come his way. Intellectually, God would give Timothy the ability to put the pieces together, to bring things together, and that's what Paul is saying. So we looked at this in verse 7, this first element of what Paul is telling the young preacher, he is telling him to consider. Tonight I invite you to go with me to verse 8, 9, and 10, and we'll look at the second and third aspect of Paul's message to Timothy in telling him to consider, to remember, and then to learn. In verse number 8, he continues and says to the young preacher, I want you to remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. As Timothy unfolds this parchment, as he is reading this letter, as he is hearing the words of the great apostle who is about to die, he hears the apostle not only tell him to consider and think about what has been said to him, but here comes this exhortation, or this command, if you will, from the pen of the apostle. He's telling, he's telling Timothy, I want you to remember that Jesus Christ, who came from the seed of David, I want you to remember 
that God raised him from the dead according to my gospel. Why is Paul saying that? He is saying that because Paul's gospel, the gospel of Christ, is not the only gospel that is being preached. It's not the only message that is being uh, proclaimed. Even, even just these, these few years after Pentecost, uh, the gospel has been perverted in some areas, and the message of the cross has been changed, and some have already erred from the faith. And Paul is telling Timothy, I want you to remember, remember Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, not just Jesus Christ, but the Jesus Christ who came from the seed of David. I want you to remember that God raised Him from the dead. Timothy, that is so important for you to remember. Throughout history, there have been many significant and life-changing events that would do well for us to remember. Sometimes those events are good. Sometimes those events are not so good. Sometimes those events end up with a slogan or a phrase. For some who know their history, you'll remember the phrase that I grew up hearing in school and other places, remember the Alamo. If you're not uh, familiar with that and need to refresh your memory, you can go home and study that. It's about a, a war in Mexico and down in Texas. You, you remember that. Remember the Alamo. It was a phrase that was very popular and still is among, among some today. Of course, there is a group of people in our day that probably don't remember Texas or Mexico in our day, but it was a very popular slogan. More familiar to us at our age, is remember 9-11. That is more familiar to all of us. For others who may be with us tonight and others who've done passed away, uh, remembering Pearl Harbor is something we do because of the significance of those events upon our nation. Now, whether these events are good or bad, the word remember gets attached to certain things, and it gets attached to spiritual things. It's a very common subject in the Word of God. Uh, we were just talking about this uh, the other evening. It, it is connected very closely with the nation of Israel. It was very important for them to remember. Moses mentions it in the book of Deuteronomy. And God wanted the nation of Israel never to forget who had found them when they were wallowing in their afterbirth. Who called them out of nothing into everything. And God warned them that after they arrived in the land of Canaan and were blessed and had everything that they need, that they would forget the Lord, and God wanted them to remember. One of the key things about the Lord's Supper for believers is that the Lord told us that we do that in remembrance of Him. He wants us to intentionally remember His death, burial, and resurrection. He wants us to remember His promise that He is going to return for us. If you know the history of significant events, you will know that some things need to be remembered. And if you know the truth about the gospel and about what is this word is about and the significance of it, you will know that we need to remember. You know, Paul has already told Timothy about false teachers. He's already warned Timothy about certain things. He's mentioned that in the first letter. He's already warned him about false doctrine and about, about different individuals and how they would put his faith to the test. 
But here in his last letter, he tells him, I want you to remember the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I don't don't want you to forget that. I want you to constantly keep that in your mind and in your thinking and in your heart. I want you to understand that the Jesus Christ that was raised from the dead was the promised one who came from the seed of David. Paul has given Timothy some very powerful metaphors and illustrations, the soldier, the athlete, and the farmer. But now he goes to the very heart of everything and calls upon Timothy to remember the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not suggesting that Timothy has totally forgotten our Lord. He's not suggesting that Timothy has forgotten that Christ was of the seed of David. He's not even suggesting that Timothy has somehow forgot about the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The word remember here is used, the word that's used here has the idea of continuing to remember or keep on remembering. That's what he's saying to Timothy. He is telling Timothy, I want you to intentionally recall information. I want you to intentionally call something back to your mind just so you will know just so it will be there it will not be somewhere a long way from your thinking and from your heart but it will be very present in your life every day that you live some believers think Sunday is the day when we're supposed to remember certain things about Jesus and Monday through Saturday we're to absolutely forget about him forget about church forget about the gospel forget about everything else, and then on Sunday we're supposed to revive all these memories and we're to get all emotional about them, and then when we leave on Sunday night, never give them a second thought again. If you do that, you're setting yourself up for a major failure. Paul told Timothy, I want you to consider what I've said, and then I want you to remember the Lord Jesus. I want you to remember who He was, and I want you to remember that God raised him from the dead. He's reminding Timothy that the Christian life and the Christian ministry is based on the person of Jesus Christ. It is based on His finished work. It's based on the truth of Jesus. It's based on Him. And we need to remember tonight that the Christian life and the Christian ministry is not based on other people. It's not about what other people do or what they fail to do. The Christian life is based upon Christ and upon Christ alone. As I said this morning, men will never do what you think they ought to do. And then sometimes they will do absolutely contrary to what you think they should do. But we're to remember Jesus Christ. Within four decades, historians tell us, and the Scripture verifies, of course, a lot of that that's recorded in the Word of God. It doesn't go as far Uh, Beyond history is what it's recorded here, but just even in the shadows of Pentecost, as I mentioned a while ago, uh, even prior to and uh, and a few days and years after Paul's death and when the apostles were martyred and died, you would not believe the crazy things that had already crept into the church and that that men and women were believing. It's like, well, this was so close to the cross and so close to Pentecost. It's like, how in the world? Did things go bad that quickly? That's just the way sin does. And Paul said, It is so vital, Timothy, that you remember that Jesus Christ, the seed of David, was raised from the dead. He didn't say, Timothy, I want you to remember that good time we had together. Timothy, I want you to remember how good it felt when you 
has to help me establish these churches. And when you went on your mission trips, uh, that's an, I want you to remember, Timothy, when all of that is marred, when churches that you have ministered in, you receive word that they have become apostate in the church or you receive word that they no longer believe the doctrine. I want you to remember that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by God. He was the seed of David. He was the promised one. Don't ever forget that, Timothy. Keep that in front of your thinking, in front of your mind, and in front of your heart. And I want to say to the church tonight, these are days we need to keep that in our minds and in our hearts and in our thinking. There were people who had already crept in the church who were teaching that Jesus Christ was not a descendant of David. And some were even teaching that Jesus was not bodily raised from the dead. In other words, they were preaching a Jesus of their own imagination. And if that were true in A.D. 64 and 65, how much more tonight, 2,022 years on the right side of the cross, there are so many tonight who do not believe that Jesus was who He said that He was. And so we need to remember that tonight. Remember it when saints are dying around you. Remember that when churches are dying around you. Remember that when a nation pulls totally away from God around you. Remember that when people you used to believe love God no longer serve God or worship God. Remember this tonight. Our blessed Savior, the seed of David, God raised Him from the dead. And thank God our faith is not on sinking sand. Our faith is on a solid rock. He wants Timothy to know that and remember that. And it doesn't mean just remember that Easter Sunday. And it doesn't mean just remember that Whenever it comes to your mind, it means continually do something. Read the Word of God. Sing a hymn like we just learned that reminds you of the truth of our blessed Lord. So Paul tells Timothy, I want you to remember Jesus Christ. Not because I invented Jesus, but because He is who He said that He was. Timothy, I want you to remember Jesus Christ as He is, not as men say that He is. I want you to remember Him as taught in the gospel. I want you to remember Him in accordance with the Scripture, the one who is the anointed of God, the one who was the descendant of David according to prophecy, the one who was raised again. I want you to remember Him. I want you to keep Him ever before you. And this is important for us tonight, church, as well. Because it seems like today, everywhere you go and a lot of who you listen to, someone wants to say, well, you know, I I like to think of Jesus like this. And then they'll, they'll add how they think about Jesus. And then other people will ooh and ah, and they'll say, Oh, that, you know, that's the kind of Jesus that that I want. That's the kind of Jesus that I need. You hear that often, especially when you get around funerals and uh, it's open mic night at the funeral home and everybody gets to stand up and give their opinion about Jesus and about death and about the afterlife and about everything else that's going on. Well, in that environment tonight, I want to tell you, remember Jesus Christ. Remember Him as He is given to us in the Scripture. Remember Him as He is defined and as He is portrayed in the Word of God. Remember Him as the prophets presented Him. Remember Him as the apostles preached Him. 
Remember him as he defined himself and what he told us about himself. Don't be pulled away by other things that men say that may sound reasonable and may sound lovely. It is only the Jesus of the gospel that will save you. It is only the Christ of Scripture that can do anything for you and for your life. Our Lord in Scripture was crucified. He suffered. He was crucified. Our Lord in Scripture died a willing death. Our Lord in Scripture was buried. Our Lord in Scripture was raised on the third day. And our Lord in Scripture is Savior of all who will believe. And others would like to make Him a lot of other things, either in addition to that or in spite of that or not up to that level. But Paul is saying to Timothy, I want you to remember the Christ of Scripture. And when you hear men come in the church there at Ephesus or you hear people talking out in the streets, well, I'm just not sure about this deity thing. I'm not, I'm not just sure if he actually was dead in that grave, if he actually really died, or was he just comatose for a few days. I'm not sure about whether he really resurrected or not. Maybe this, maybe that. He said, Timothy, remember, remember, get that in your mind. Go to the Word of God and cause your mind to think about it. Church, what better thing could we remember today then our Savior conquered death, hell, and the grave, the seed of David, the promised Messiah. That's who we need to remember. John MacArthur has said it well that we should remember. And that word remember means intentionally calling to mind. He said this, and I just read what he said because I cannot say it any better. He says, this is what you and I need to be intentionally calling to mind every day of our life. And here it is. Jesus' path to glory was, a mark, was marked by pain before pleasure, sorrow before joy, humiliation before glorification, persecution before exaltation, death before resurrection, earthly hatred before heavenly worship. To remember these truths about our Lord's earthly life will protect us, he goes on to say, from the foolish and ungodly promises of the so-called health and wealth gospel which, which, which violates His command to take up our cross daily and follow Him, end quote. I suggest to you tonight that the gospel that's being preached and the things that preachers are telling others to remember about Jesus is so far from the biblical Jesus that there's no, there's no wonder as to why people end up with such lives that the first time hardship comes, they separate from the gospel, they separate from the church, and they separate from faith in Christ. If you want to stay with this tonight, consider what is said in the Word of God and remember tonight that your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was raised from the dead according to this glorious gospel. If you remember that intentionally, thank God it will give you strength. A man by the name of Walter Hemphill, he was a theologian at Ashland Theological Sem Seminary. He writes these words about our remembering. And I quote, memory serves us individually as well. Memory roots us to our community. Me memory roots us to our family. Memory roots us to ourselves. It is not uncommon to find family photographs on our desk at work or stuffed inside our wallet. We do this not because we cannot remember or because we no longer remember those loved ones 
Rather, we do it because the photos serve as a periodical reminder during the day, whether the day is good or bad, of those who love us and of our life beyond the confines of where we are and what's against us. Christians need memory too. Without it, we begin to forget the one who loves us and the one who died for us. The world has a way of trying to force its attention and its priorities into our daily lives, he concludes. And we need to remember Jesus as He was buried, as He was raised according to the gospel. If you go in my study, on my wall is pictures of my grandchildren. Year, years ago, Sandy Davis gave me, when Josiah was born, she gave me a frame. And there's pictures of my grandchildren uh, in there on the wall. And when I'm in here in my study, when I'm there during the day and look there on the wall and see all my grandchildren, I'm reminded as to why I didn't take my three kids out early. I'm reminded that I let them live so I could get to that. And, but it's, it, it's not because I don't know who my grandchildren are. It's not because I don't have to look at that to love them. I don't have to look at that to even pray for them or to think about them. But it's a reminder on my desk are things. There's pictures, uh, things on my, uh, on my wall, at home, in different places. They are reminders. And this is what Paul is saying to Timothy. You're going to be ministering in churches, and you're going to hear things. You're going to see things. You're going to listen to people's thinking and listen to their crazy imagination about this and about that. And I'm not going to be there, son. I'm getting ready to go home to be with the Lord but I want you to remember Jesus Christ. What a great asset we have tonight to remember Jesus Christ. You go home tonight and look at the news and look in the face of men and women who assume to lead us and assume to make decisions for our very existence. And you get frustrated and agitated and irritated. Remember Jesus Christ of the seed of David who died, was buried, and rose again. You listen to preachers who, who call preaching, passing their opinion about politics and about the world and, and their motivational speakers to try to work you up in the flesh. When you hear that, remember Jesus. Look to Him, the author and finisher of our faith. It'll help you get through the suffering and through the hard times. That's what Paul is telling Timothy. He said, Timothy, if you're going to carry out this great work, you must consider and you must remember. You must remember His incarnation. You must remember His suffering, His death, His burial, His resurrection. Jesus raised from the dead, the very seed of David. Paul's about to be executed, and he does not want Timothy to remember what a good man he was. He doesn't want Timothy to remember those things per se. He wants Timothy to remember Jesus Christ. We need to remember something tonight. In verse number 8, If Jesus Christ was not raised from the dead, you and I are in deep weeds. If Jesus Christ was not raised from the dead tonight, you and I, according to 1 Corinthians 15, you and I are still dead in our sins. We're lost. Remember that this evening. Biblical doctrine has vital implications for the Christian life. Paul does not want Timothy to forget but he wants him to intentionally remember. How do you do that? By singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. By reading the Word of God. By talking to your brother and sister in Christ about the good things of God. 
that strengthen our faith. Lastly tonight in verse 9 and 10, we not only must consider what Paul said, he, did, he not only wanted Timothy to consider and learn and, and or, or think, but he wanted him to remember intentionally, but he also wanted Timothy to learn and never, make, never forget this. He said, wherein, talking about the gospel, wherein, verse 9, I suffer trouble as an evildoer. Now, I don't read anything. I, I know Saul had his troubles, but Saul of Tarsus was not somebody troubled before conversion. He was the man who made trouble for other people. But after he was saved, he began to suffer trouble as an evildoer. And he said, this gospel is what has brought me to my bonds. It's what has put me in prison. But he said, Timothy, as you're thinking about me in bonds and in chains, he said, I want to remind you the Word of God is not bound. The Word of God has no chains. Therefore, he said, because of that truth, I'm willing to endure all things for the elect's sake, that they also they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. He wanted Timothy to remember and to learn that there is a connection between suffering and the gospel. Now here in the Bible Belt, we tend to talk about and preach far more about blessings than suffering. But the Christian life, listen, the Christian life is not primarily about enjoyment. The Christian life is about enduring troubles. One writer said that I read this week, if Paul said in the average Baptist church today, or sat in the average Baptist Bible conference, camp meeting, or jubilee, he would literally blow a fuse. And knowing Paul, he would stand up right in the middle of the singing and the preaching and say, where do you find that in Scripture? How do you fit that in with what Jesus actually said? And knowing Paul, I don't doubt that myself. He would say, Preacher, where do you get that? He would say to the music director, Why are you singing that? Where, do you, where does that line up with the Word of God? Who told you that? How does that compare with Jesus? How do you say that? Why do you believe that when Jesus said this? Paul was living what he was writing about. He was suffering for the gospel. And the word suffer in verse number 9 means this was Paul's lifestyle. He suffered, he faced trouble because of the gospel. A couple questions tonight before I close. Who came up with this idea of celebrated Americanized Christianity that tells us that once we're saved, we no longer face hardship, suffering, and persecution? Where did that, come, where did that begin? Where did that start? Paul is saying to Timothy, I'm getting ready to die for the gospel. You're getting ready to live for the gospel. And after I have died for the gospel, and while you are living for the gospel, it is highly likely that you will also die for the gospel, just like I have. He's saying to Timothy, you're going to live and preach the gospel in an environment where people will turn away from you and turn away from the church, just like they turned away from me. But he says, Timothy, if you want to be victorious, keep considering what I've said and keep remembering. You know, tonight while I'm preaching, we have brothers and sisters in Christ suffering all over the world, not because they're agitators, 
but simply because of the gospel. And the gospel advances through suffering. Listen to Paul's words to the Philippians in Philippians 1.12, But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather under the furtherance of the gospel. And we don't want Paul in jail. We want Paul out preaching meetings, right? That's the only way people can get saved if Paul's out of jail preaching meetings. That's not what Paul says. Paul says, because I'm in bondage, the gospel has been furthered. The gospel has spread so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. I remember John Phillips stating one time that he actually believed that because of Paul's imprisonment, Roman soldiers came to Christ and they carried the gospel into Caesar's palace. They carried the gospel in the palaces. They carried the gospel back where the gospel would have never gone had it not been for the burdens and the hardship. We don't want that here in America. We want a big meeting. We want a big meeting where everybody's happy. We want a big meeting where everybody's blessed. We want a big meeting where everything's going well. You're going to be hard-pressed to find that in the Word of God and also in Christian history. But it does spread through hardships and bondage and suffering. Preacher, I didn't sign up for that. I signed up for heaven. I signed up for the blessings. I signed up for all the good stuff. Jesus said if we're going to be His followers, we're to take up the cross and follow Him. This morning, before I preached, I asked you to pray for a church in Levid, Ukraine. I got home this afternoon and read this news release. Associated Press, whether you believe they're credible or not, Associated Press released this following statement today, March 13th at 1.13 p.m. our time. Here's what, the state, here's what the news release was. 35 people have been killed after, a Russian cruise, after Russian cruise missiles landed close to Ukraine's western border with Poland. Since Russia invaded Ukraine, Lviv had largely been spared the destruction that had unfolded farther east and had become a destination for residents hoping to escape their bombarded cities. The very area I mentioned to you this morning, the church we were praying for in that area, while I was sharing that prayer request, sometime this day, depending on time differences, that very, that very area, 35 people died. There are some people tonight who are not living the Americanized gospel. They're living the biblical gospel. There are some people tonight who are not living the health and wealth gospel. They're living the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul had lived. And that's what Timothy would be living. And that's what you and I should be living. Paul said in verse 10, he did what he did. He suffered trouble. He suffered trouble. He endured all things. He did that for the elect's sake. Paul said, I've been bound and put in prison but God's Word is free. And Paul said, I endured what I endured so men and women could hear the salvation that's in Jesus Christ that would result in eternal glory. He said, that's why I did it. We're not here tonight to, to, to proclaim ourselves as, 
as martyrs or great people. We're not here tonight to build ministries and statutes to our own glory. We are to go through what we go through tonight so men and women will hear the gospel. I close with these questions tonight before we pray. Who will preach the gospel after Paul does? Who will preach the gospel after Paul dies? Well, Timothy will be one, obviously. But who will preach the gospel and serve Christ after Timothy dies? Well, if you go back up to verse number 2, it will be those, those uh, faithful men that Timothy trained. And who will preach the gospel and live for Christ after they die? It will be those others that they trained in verse 2 to teach others also. That will be who will continue with that message. And thankfully, and I say this tonight humbly, but I say it thankfully, thank God that chain has never been broken. If it had, you and I wouldn't have the gospel tonight. We'd be here without knowing. We'd be without a preacher, without a teacher, without somebody to share that with us. And my question tonight is, who's preaching the true gospel today? And who will be willing to suffer and endure that message that it will continue? Am I one of those? Are you one of those? Is this church that kind of a church? I suggest tonight, thank God the great reward is worth it. And I suggest tonight there's enough strength in God's grace in verse number 1. And I submit to you tonight that we can be good soldiers of Jesus Christ. I suggest to you tonight that we can be athletes who master the crown. I suggest that we can be farmers who see the fruit of God. And I suggest to you we can do that if we will consider what has been said. If we will totally put our minds to thinking about what God has said and let God help us to understand what's happening. And if we will intentionally every day, sometime during that day, remember, remember that our Lord was the seed of David, that He died, was buried, and rose again according to to the good news, according to the gospel, according to the very Word of God. And if we'll remember that the Christian life is not all about enjoyment, it's not all about blessing, sometimes it's about trouble, sometimes it's about bonds, it's about prison, it's about restraints. But remember, no matter how we're restrained, no matter what is against us tonight, thank God Thank God His gospel, His salvation will accomplish what He sent it forth to do. That's what Paul is writing to Timothy. And this young man with a heart of love for his mentor, his spiritual father in the faith, Timothy, Paul. Timothy is reading these words and knowing the task that is ahead of him. Let me ask you tonight, are you... One of those. Are you an individual? Is this church a church tonight that will continue to preach and teach the gospel? That will stay with the truth no matter the opposition, no matter what comes against us. We'll continue to be faithful to God. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Father, we thank You tonight for the Word of God. Lord, I can't, although I should, I can't imagine, I really can't grasp 
what these words must have meant to the young preacher. As he has read, no doubt wept, and no doubt a heart broken over the fact that his spiritual father in the faith, his example, his mentor, his teacher, his friend and companion, Paul, was about to leave this world. Lord, I can't imagine how he felt as he read these words. But Lord, you told him that there was strength in God's grace. You told him that he could be that soldier, that athlete, that farmer, that he could be that preacher who would continue to be faithful that the Word of God would reach those that God had sent it to. Lord, I pray tonight that you would help me as a pastor, you would help me as a Christian, help this church tonight, that we would never stop considering what is written in this book. Help us to always remember, to intentionally remember, to sit down and read it, to sing songs about it, to talk to each other about the glorious resurrection of our Savior who came to us, the seed of David, who conquered death for us. And help us tonight in the midst of messages and preaching and singing that tells us otherwise. Help us to know tonight that suffering and trouble and endurance is a part of the Christian life. And we have no promise of missing that. Lord, in fact, you told us that those who live godly will suffer persecution. So help us tonight, Father, to consider, help us to remember, and help us to learn. All for the purpose that sinners will hear the word and be brought to salvation and your eternal glory. Take this message tonight. Be glorified in it, I pray. And we'll thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.